coming up. We owe him that to make sure that this person um, is, is put behind bars, and um, it, it is well over time. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. I just, I can't understand why at this time somebody has to know something or heard something. It's been too long. 20 years is too long to wait for an arrest. Somebody knows something. If you have information, please let us know. It's been 20 years since Alan Olvera was murdered in his own home, in his own living room. It was October 11th, 2001. I'm joined by Madison Wade, anchor and reporter at ABC 10 in Sacramento, Madison, before we get into what happened to Alan Olvera two decades ago, what do we know about about him? He was very beloved with his family and also in the Native American community. He was part of the Miwok tribe community in the Sacramento area. He was very involved in the Sacramento Native American Caucus. He worked and spent much of his free time giving back to uh, younger kids who looked up to him, who wanted to further their education career. He was involved in um, so many school programs. He also delivered salmon to American Indian elders on the day before Thanksgiving every single year. Uh, His young nephew at the time, Matthew Franklin, would often help him deliver the salmon. And he was an activist. He also participated in the American Indian takeover of Alcatraz Island in the San Francisco Bay. Um, You know, a quote that just really stood out to me from someone who knew him really well was Alan was very caring, a nurturing person, great sense of humor, and he really cared about other people. He was a single man. He lived uh, by himself. He did have a, a roommate for a short period of time before this murder happened. And again, he was very beloved, very active. And for his family to not hear from him for a couple days, that was very rare. Right. And so family members actually went to his home on that day, October 11th. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. So a couple days went by. They haven't heard from Alan Overa. And there was an actual uh, large event that he was supposed to be at, um, a tribal event where they were dancing and uh, having a potluck and, and gathering. And he didn't show up. And we knew something was wrong. We danced probably about three o'clock. That was the last time I danced. Um, I haven't danced since. And it basically, it's, it's a dishonor to him for me to celebrate when he's, when somebody's still out there. So that was the first red flag for, for Matthew Franklin, his nephew, who danced with Alan Olvera, and, and uh, Olvera taught him how to dance in the Miwok tribe. And so it was very odd and off-putting. Why was he not there? And so, you know, then they decided to uh, make a couple phone calls that went unanswered, and then... Alan Olvera's parents, who have since passed on, they decided to go to his house to check on him. The front door was locked, but the back sliding door was unlocked. It wasn't open. Uh, they un- they slid the back door open. They walked in. They found him dead in his recliner, and it was a very horrific death. And uh, for his own parents to find him that way is is something that you know the investigator always points out to me. And same with the family. It was just so brutal and so horrific. Uh, to find him in that state. So 20 years ago, when this terrible attack and murder happened, what did investigators say? Do they have any clues or evidence? And and what did they think might have happened, if anything? Yeah, so what really stood out to me was not only was he murdered in his own home, in his living room, also in his own recliner. It almost seemed, what investigators said to me, is that he didn't see this coming. He was sitting in his recliner, and the murder weapon was left there. 
I asked several times what was the murder weapon. They, they wouldn't disclose that to me, but it was some sort of household object. So um, it seemed as if this, this was not a planned killing. Also, uh, items were stolen from his house, Native American artifacts, several electronic items. Those items have never been recovered. Uh, a lot of times detectives would go to pawn shops around Sacramento to try and find them. They never found anything. There were no clues as to who could have done this. Um, but detectives tell me that they definitely believe the person who did this is someone Alan Olvera knew because he, again, you know, invited people over. There was also a sign of some sort of social gathering prior to this murder happening. And those are really the only details they were able to tell me because, again, this case is not a cold case. They tell me they've been working this for years. And in uh, 2012, they decided to go in a different direction because the suspect they thought that the whole time was his ex-roommate. Well, in fact, that, that person ended up being cleared and his name was cleared. And so in 2012, they started to go in a different direction. But um, they told me this case is not a cold case. And so, therefore, they couldn't release a lot of details to me because, you know, only one person knows what happened in that house. And so they want to make sure they're, you know, keeping the integrity of the case. Yeah, a few things strike me. One being the fact that they wouldn't tell you what, what the murder weapon was, meaning, you know, they're obviously holding back some information, could be instrumental in their case. And also, when you say ex-roommate, was that then the roommate at the time of the murder uh, who was living with them? But my belief is that the roommate actually moved out uh, just shortly prior to the murder. So um, Alan O'Leary was living alone at the time. I wanted to point out another thing that, you know, the investigator said to me that stuck with me um, is that after you kill someone and steal, steal items, you said that you're dealing with a very evil person, um, you know, someone who, who's, you know, I mean, details are gory, but, you know, you kill someone and then you go around the house and, and steal items. It wasn't in the reverse. No one came in and, and stole items and then killed Alan O'Leary. It was the opposite. And so for her to say that really stood out to me as this is someone who, you know, is a very evil person to do something like this and to steal Native American artifacts that mean so much to the Olvera family. And um, 20 years later, they still don't have an arrest. So, you know, this is just a case that really stands out to not only the investigators, but also the Sacramento community. We can't enjoy our culture. We can't enjoy our dances. Um, I haven't been back and set foot as a dancer since he passed. And it's going on 20 years. And we're really looking forward to uh, getting some justice for, for our family so these people can rest. You mentioned his parents have passed on, but I know there was a, a vigil recently with his living relatives and friends and family. What do they all say about this and, and where this investigation has gone or not gone over the course of two decades? We just uh, gathered with them for a news conference uh, outside of the uh, State Indian Museum in Sacramento, there was a candlelight vigil, and then also Matthew Franklin, Olga's nephew, spoke. And uh, he, he said 20 years is too long. And the investigator I, I did the story with, she says the same thing. But at the same time, you know, the case now lies with the DA's office. And so it really is up to the DA to, to file those charges and move forward, move this case and move the needle forward. And so the Olvera family is calling on the DA and calling on our, our investigators to, to do their job, simply put. Um, they're frustrated. They're, they're broken. This uh, type of awful crime has rocked their, their community, has rocked their family, because, again, although family, uh, parents have passed on. They never got the closure. 
and now um, other elders, you know, in their community were also buried alongside Olvera. Um, Matthew Franklin, his nephew, has not danced since Olvera has died. Uh, they said, and they told me, quote, that whoever did this to Olvera has taken a part of their Miwok tribe identity. And that really um, stood out to me when I was talking to them, how much this has affected not only their, their day-in-day lives, but but also just their identity as Native Americans in this community and what this has done. Um, they had to hand-dig his grave. You know, they had to do a different type of investigation with his autopsy because he's Native American. Um, it's just really different when you're um, talking to a family who comes from this type of heritage. It was beautiful to hear, you know, what they do to to lay him to rest and all those things, but it happened in such a horrific manner that um, they haven't been able to rest. And so that really is something that stood out to me as a journalist just interviewing them. And DNA evidence, did they gather any? Is there any at play here? I Clearly, we probably would have heard something by this point. Yeah, so they do have DNA. Um, again, I was not able to get details on what that DNA looks like, how much they have, and what it came from. But, um, you know, the murder weapon was left behind, and it was some sort of household object. Also, there was a social gathering at the house. Um, so, you know, that's something that um, they they just wouldn't disclose much about, which I understand because, again, if this case is, like they're saying, not a cold case, they're actively working it, and they have, you know, a lot of details that they've presented to the DA's office. I mean, it sounds like they're, they're getting close, right? So I understand they wouldn't disclose a lot about the DNA. Madison, there's one other detail, uh, a visit to his home uh, that I understand happened the, the day before uh, the murder, and it might have involved the last people to see him alive other than his killer. Can you talk about that? Absolutely, yeah. So Doreen, his sister, and her daughter, Crystal, uh, were the last family members to see him alive. They visited him Sunday afternoon, and detectives believe, based on the autopsy and other details of the case, that he was killed that night. And so when I talked to Doreen and Crystal about this, they said, uh, Crystal said that she thought she heard voices. And when she was inside Alan Olvera's house briefly with her mom, she looked at the TV thinking, oh, maybe the TV is on, but there wasn't anything on the TV. And she never asked if there was anyone else inside the home. Her understanding was Alan Olvera was home alone, as, as was typical. But they also could see a car parked outside the house. They said that... Um, Alan Olvera seemed occupied, but didn't think something dangerous would happen. I thought I heard voices, and so I walked in and distinctly looked at the television to see if it was on, and there was no television on. And I didn't ask, is there somebody here with you? I didn't think to ask that. We didn't know that was going to be the last time we seen him. It was just a very quick visit, is how they described it. They said they went over there briefly to say hello, to grab some vegetables from his vegetable garden, and it was like a high-and-by type encounter. And later that night, detectives and investigators believe he was killed. So, of course, when I talked to Crystal and Doreen about this, they, they really are replaying this moment time and time again because this is the last time they, they saw him alive. And uh, especially for Crystal, she's always curious and wondering if, in fact, someone else was at the house when they stopped by. And she has no idea, and no one knows to this day. All right. Well, Madison, we will stay in touch and hopefully hear something on this case. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Madison Wade, anchor and reporter at ABC 10 in Sacramento. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a great review if you like what you hear. And if you'd like to learn more about the show and Vault Studios, check out our Facebook group. 
inside the crime vault.